is Phoenix FM. You're listening to Phoenix FM with me, Stuart Pig, and joining me on the phone is none other than John Brandler of Brandler Galleries. Hello, John. And good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Brilliantly at the moment, I must admit. I mean, um, I'm very surprised how, how people are buying art over the internet. You've been busy, have you? You know, uh, we've all seen in the high street how retail has been dying for five years. <laughs> yes. If not yes. longer. Mm. And different towns have uh, applying different ideas to how to revitalize themselves. Um, because people aren't going shopping. The shopping centers are empty. You may have read how the biggest shopping center chain in Europe, Into, went into receivership about two or three months ago. Um, because people just aren't going into shopping centers. And that started before the COVID problems. But it's the, to my view, the COVID crisis has just, it's almost like a distillery. It's distilled all the problems we've got, speeded them up. Yeah. And made people stop, sit back and look at their lives or their businesses or their relationships with a clearer eye. Yeah, and, it's made people um, evaluate their life a little bit, isn't it? They're evaluating their life. They're yeah. deciding what's important in life. So I'm I'm not in the property game, but I'm told that there are huge blocks of flats that were built in cent- in in not so much central London, but near London, Docklands, things like that. Yeah, that they can't get rid of. They can't sell for love nor money. No, they want to move to the country people now. Don't need to live in a little shoebox to be close to a tube station to go to an office that's closed anyway. Yeah. So they're moving out of London. So some are moving to Brentwood. People from Brentwood are moving to Norfolk. We've got three clients that have moved to Norfolk in the last couple of months. Oh, wow. People are moving out because they don't need to commute into London. Yeah, yeah. And we are lucky that the technology is there now to facilitate that. So we're doing a lot of business on the phone, obviously, and email, but also with Zoom. Oh, the, the wonderful Zoom. If anyone had shares in Zoom last year, well, I mean, they've made I didn't it, realise Zoom has been going for about five or six years. Has it really? Blimey, yeah. Yeah, but it's suddenly become the oxygen for businesses. It's been a Zoom boom, hasn't it? It's been a Zoom boom. And I mean, there, there, are, there are other internet chat facilities available, as they would say. But Zoom has become almost like a hoover. You know, you want to have an internet conversation, it's a Zoom. Whether it's on a different platform... It's called a Zoom, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, um, so it, it's almost like a Hoover. Is any every vacuum is a Hoover? Every internet meeting is, now is a Zoom. And one of the things I found very interesting in my business is we were selling to people that didn't didn't buy from us in the past or whatever you want to call it, but they're buying. And I couldn't understand why individuals were buying what they were buying. And then I went on a Zoom meeting with one of them, and I realised that was my painting behind him. Oh, wow. <laughs> Spot your own and artwork. That, yeah, and it, it, the pennies dropped that people have, have learned that this is the new norm, that it's no longer acceptable to turn up to a Zoom meeting in your pyjamas. Yeah, not anymore. You know, They've up the game. It, it is a business meeting. Yeah. And at the beginning, people were turning up... In, I mean, I... I went to, I went is the wrong phrase, but I was on a Zoom meeting. And there were about 20 people on my screen. And there was one guy, and he was on the phone, and I thought, this is very strange. And I I watched him for 55 minutes 
out of a 60-minute meeting, he was on the phone on mute. <laughs> he was there, but he wasn't really there, was he? incredible. I mean, you wouldn't do that in a room, would you? No. Well, I've seen people right. have, but I try not well, to. But it shows incredible <laughs> disrespect and arrogance and all sorts of things it shows, right? Mm. And then he had two minutes to talk about his business, and you can imagine everybody just switched it off. But yeah. if I could see him, he could see him. And so could everybody else. But, you know, you can see what people are doing on Zoom. So, and you can see the background. And, you know, a lot of people have these artificial um, backgrounds that you can, I, I think, if they just import. Yeah, everyone's and got you, the same bookcase on Zoom, haven't they? Yeah, right. <laughs> Not on mine, I haven't. Anyway, <laughs> but they forget that when they move, you get this sort of jerky shadow. Yeah. And if you wear headphones, you get a gap between the headphones and the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> and one guy was wearing a shirt and it was the same colour as his background, so he had this oh, disassembled no. head floating and head. nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> and yet also so people are learning. So the, the intelligent ones are looking at the screens and seeing what they look like. Yeah. So they want you know, professional people want to look professional. And I was reading in the papers at the weekend, in, in two or three papers, funnily enough, how the People stopped buying ties and good shirts. They didn't need to. Yeah. Now they're buying them again because they want to look professional on the Zoom meetings. Stick on a shirt and tie and instantly you're the, the smartest man on in the Zoom. Tie, they're looking like a professional businessman. Yeah. Not a professional businessman that's taking time out for playing football with the kids in the garden and making um, a cup of tea. And, oh, by the way, I'll talk to you on Zoom as well, but you're not really important because I really want to do something else. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just how this has changed. I think it's fascinating. I'd, lo I'd love to be a writer and a, is it an anthropologist that would write about things like this. Mm, yeah, um, it's fascinating. You know, a social writer, if you like. You know, um, This COVID has changed our way of thinking and our way of behaving, but we still have certain standards. Yeah, I think everyone's so, learning to adapt to us, aren't they? And it's, it's, the, it's the difficulty of people learning to adapt. So, I mean, at the beginning of the COVID problem, I don't know if you saw, but we did a... There was an article called Rachel List, and she did a picture of a nurse painting the NHS sign on a wall. Oh, yes, I've seen this, yeah. Right. Superhero. Well, I paid for 500 of those to be distributed to NHS frontline staff. So I, got, I paid for the edition to be printed, and I paid for the postage so that the staff would actually get something of value. I didn't want to just put money into the NHS pot and it gets dissipated. You know? Yeah. So there are 500 NHS frontline workers out there who own something of value. Oh, and it will be of, of value for years to come. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but there are so many people on the fiddle as well, you know, as attending... Um, again, online, uh, a conference about it and what the government are going to try and do to get the money back and things like that. But you know, a lot of it they'll never get back. And um, there's all sorts of things going on, but I think that we're getting a dis dis distillation between the people that are saying, let's work together. Mm. How are we going to work together? And the ones that are saying, oh, it's nothing to do with me, just give me a government handout. Yeah. And I think they're the ones that, although they might be in business at the end of this, they're the ones that their clients will look at and say, really? Yeah. You think that was a, a good way to be part of our, my community and my business my business support community, if you like? You know something? I'll find somebody else. Yeah, that's it. It's a good time for people to you know, show what they're made of in terms of yes. community spirit. Yes. Um, I think um, Banksy made a mistake with his boat in the Mediterranean. 
Um, I think that, but a lot of artists are doing a lot for charities, and they're doing it quietly, which is what I like. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Banksy, you know, the first thing he did was painted his his uh, love is in the, the the girl with balloon on the side of the boat, and strangely enough, in the middle of the Mediterranean, his press crew were able to take a photograph of it. <laughs> just happened to know yeah. where it was. Oh, just just happened to be there in the <laughs> middle of the Mediterranean. You know, um, I much prefer it when artists or businesses do it and they do it quietly. Yeah, and it's a genuine you know, it's good. It's not about publicity. Goodwill. It's not. That, you know, it says me who's just told you about the NHS print. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, you've done yeah, a great thing. It's, it's worth it was sharing. History. It's historical, yes. not not publicity. You know. <laughs> um, so the, the the art world is is generally booming. Mm. People are buying for image. They're buying for pleasure. They're buying. They're getting nothing for their money in the bank. They're getting no interest. And in fact, the, the government of the Bank of England last month was talking about negative interest in the bank. So you're going to have to pay the bank to hold your money. Whoa, yeah, hold on. But the, the government wants the economy to get going again. Mm, yeah. But I mean, to penalise you for being prudent and saving? It's a little tricky. <laughs> um, it's a bit Orwellian, really, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, I suppose people are spending a lot more time at home as well, a lot more time yes. indoors, looking at their own yes. walls, thinking I could do with some yes. nice I mean, you know, most people listening to this, they're not having to pay train fares to go into London. They're not paying for expensive sandwiches every day. <laughs> no. <laughs> or expensive coffees. Yeah, yeah. You know, a jar, I mean, I'm, I'm a Philistine when it comes to coffee. I like Nescaf Gold Blend. That does me fine. Is that you your know? poison? Yeah. Jar of coffee, kettle, bit of milk, that's all I need. So <laughs> a jar of Nescafe costs, let's say, four or five pounds, depends on the size, right? And you get a hundred drinks out of it. Yeah. You go into one of these chains and it's four or five pounds for a cup of coffee. Just for one, isn't it? Yeah. So that's money that people are saving all the time. So many people have got more money than they've ever had before. They're working from home. The, the companies are delighted because, generally speaking... People are doing more work and are more productive working from home than they are in an office because you're not tired and stressed the moment you arrive because you haven't spent an hour or an hour and a half on the train. Yeah, it's a much nicer start to the day. It's a much nicer start to the day. <laughs> yeah. You're in a nicer environment because it's your home. Yeah, yeah. And people work better that way. So the companies are delighted the way it's gone. They don't need the expensive rent in, in London. So, yeah. you know, yeah. people have got more money. They're buying nice things for their home. A lot of them they're buying as investments. We're selling more and more art now as investments. Uh, obviously, I started dealing in Banksy early 2000, so 2003, 2004. Mm. I'm always looking now for the next Banksy. The next, yeah, the next one. There's always another one around the corner. There's always another one. Well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm dealing in things that people get some pleasure from. You know, what I say to people is the dividend is the pleasure. If you yeah. bought Apple shares at a dollar each and they're now worth $100 or $1,000 each, you still don't put a certificate on your wall and say, look at that, I was clever, I bought that when they were a dollar each. Yeah. But if you bought a Picasso in the 1950s or you bought a Banksy in 2004 or you bought a Connor Brothers in 2010, that you'd put on the wall and visually you'd get a pleasure every single day. Yeah. I'd never pictured it in that way that uh, you could buy art as an investment. You know, and we get more and more people doing that. At all levels, you know, we started about 50 quid, about 25 pounds, mm. and we'd go on up from there. So it doesn't have to be a lot of money to have something nice 
on your wall. Yeah, and you can see some pictures in standard uh, popular chain stores and they look the same as what yeah. someone else has got. Exactly. Um, you know, the, it, on the continent, people are far happier about putting posters on the wall than they are in the UK. In the UK, it tends to be students that put posters on the wall. And then when you've got some money, you go out and you buy the real thing. Whereas yeah. in Europe, if you've been to a Matisse show, you know, you can own a fleet of Rolls Royces, but if you see a picture that's a poster, you'll put it on your wall at home. Because it's the image that's important, not the signature. Yeah, yeah. I should say Brandler Galleries are uh, one of our sponsors here on Felix FM, so thank you for your uh, your support and helping us to do what we do here. Well, I think uh, you do an important job. I think that, you know, I think that we need community radio. It's far more balanced than the national radio. It's far more relevant to us living in the community. And, you know, if you ring the BBC and say, um, Shenfield Parish Hall has got a fundraiser for left-handed dogs, they're not <laughs> going to cover the story. Uh, we the would love that. people in Shenfield might want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, local radio is important to me. It's, that's very important to us. I'm glad you're, uh, glad you're uh, on board with us, John. <laughs> So you're, you're the founding member of, uh, of Brandler Galleries, which we've been talking about. What inspired you to get into art dealership as a young John Brandler? What made you fall in love with art originally? Um, I wanted to have nice things around me. So my mother had a property company. She sold out to Wimpies. Oh, yes. Both my parents were physiotherapists, and that looked like really hard work to me. <laughs> Didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't gone to work in 50 years. I enjoy what I do. Um, I'm in a very fortunate position. I mean, it's a very small gallery. As you know, I'm on the back street of Brentwood, opposite the Spread Eagle pub. I'm not even high street. Um, but I'm, a, I'm in a very fortunate position that I enjoy what I do. I enjoy my clients. I enjoy talking to them and meeting them. Uh, I've got clients to do everything, in, literally from the House of Lords to one of the local dustmen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... The whole range of people. Most people only meet people in their own profession or close to their profession. Um, I meet people that do everything under the sun and we discuss things. We, we trade with people literally all over the world. Just sent 21,000 prints to somebody in America. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we, so we deal at all, all different levels, all sorts of people, all sorts of things. But generally speaking, they're nice people. Yeah. And I enjoy meeting them and I enjoy texting to them and I enjoy learning from them. And, um, you know, you don't get that in an office. And you don't get that even if you're the chairman of ICI, you don't get that. So I've been very fortunate. I decided I wanted to enjoy my life. I was probably the first person ever to choose to leave Brentwood School, to go to Shenfield Tech, as it was in those days. <laughs> because in those days, Brentwood School was boys only. And even at 11, I knew that half the world was female. Yeah. So I chose to go to Shenfield Tech, and my parents were nice enough that they backed me to do it. I mean, most people fight to get into Brentwood School. I fought to get out of Brentwood School. <laughs> a game changer. Well, no, no, just, just a different way of looking at life, because yeah. so many people think that, you know, the monthly dividend check, what pays salary, where, or the yearly bonus or whatever, is important. Actually, it's not. It's, it's every day is important. Yeah. Enjoy again, what you do. COVID, I think, has 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 made people realise that that their health is actually the one thing that is really important. Yeah, it's far more important than any than the latest model of motor car or anything like that. 
That's it. Keep yeah. yourself healthy and whatever makes you happy. That's that's exactly. the currency we should so, trade in. So, what, so it's not work. And it gives me, you know, I, I get a great deal of pleasure from what I do. I have a great deal of fun doing it. Obviously, you get frustrated from time to time. I'm not going to get cross about it. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to damage my blood pressure. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going, I want to enjoy my life. Yeah. As I say, it's not exactly Bond Street. It's not even High Street Brentwood. It's in the back street of Brentwood. But I want to enjoy my life and I enjoy the company I have around me and the people I have around me. And that's what, that's what is important. That's nice. Do you draw or paint or you, would you consider yourself an artist in your spare time? No, John? no, no, I'm not an artist. I don't, I don't paint at all. I'm not an artist. No. I'm a dealer. <laughs> now, you don't say that in Wales because it has a very different connotation. I just love oh. it. But <laughs> the, um, I'm an art dealer. And um, we were doing it. We were hoping to do a project in Wales, and it didn't come about. But you know, if I said, you know, no, I'm not an artist. I'm a dealer. You really got looked at a different way. I tell you. <laughs> um, and then somebody explained it to me. Um, yeah. But they, um, after a couple of people sidled up and looked at me, those last strange questions. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'm an I'm an art dealer, and it's about foresight, not hindsight. So it's about looking at something and deciding if it's quality. If other because I own everything in the gallery, so if it's in there, it's mine. I haven't got it on sale or return. So you know, if it's yeah. in the gallery, I put my money where my mouth is to start with. You believe it's worth something if it's I even there. I believe it's worth buying, yeah. and therefore worth selling uh, or keeping. And it's it's about having foresight. So I bought some prints in 1987 from the Royal Academy at 18 pence each, and I couldn't wow. give them away for 15 years. <laughs> And after 15 years, I started to sell them. And after 30 years, one of them sold at auction for £750. And that worked wow. out 30% compound interest. Yeah. So it's getting your judgment right and being willing to back it. And, you know, in 2003, 2004, 2005, I was selling banks to people. And some of them have come back and told me how pleased they were that they came in and saw me. Yeah. What, what because, for you makes a good, you know, something you would... Getting it right. But the, the nice thing is, they've had the pleasure as well. Yeah. They had something on their wall that they've enjoyed looking at. Some of them can't afford to keep them now. I mean, literally, we, we pay, there was a, fair, a phase when we paid off about five people's mortgages. They, there were students in Bristol. They'd used their student grant, if any of your listeners can remember that. Yeah. A student grant to buy pictures at £200 from a show that was in Bristol. Yeah. And we were buying them for between fifty and £70,000 each and paying off their mortgages. Oh, wow. Blimey. That's the but way to do it. They liked. There'd be a lot of people wincing with what they remember doing with their student loan and wishing they'd right. done that. <laughs> um, most of it up a wall. Right. And <laughs> the... Um, but the point is they bought things that they genuinely liked. If somebody said to, to you or to me, you want to buy this picture because in 10 years' time, it's going to be worth a million pounds. Yeah. They're either liars or they're stupid. Because <laughs> they wouldn't no? tell you. They wouldn't tell you. Yeah. If, they're either, if they're stupid and it's, and it's true, then they're stupid to sell it to you for 200 pounds. Yeah. And if it's not true, they're liars and they just want to sell you anything. So I don't sell art as an investment. I, in fact, I don't sell art. I have an art gallery. And I tell people about the art, and if they want to buy it, that's up to them. Yeah. I'm the opposite of the second-hand car salesman. <laughs> so, you know, before COVID, people would come in, sit down, have a cup of tea or coffee, we'd sit, we'd chat about things, various things, 
and they might talk about art, they might not. And fortunately, over a year, more of them will go out than not with something under their arm. It might not be the first visit, but they will at some point. Yeah. But they they know what they're buying. I'm not selling them a pig in a poke. I'm not selling them something because I've got too many in the storeroom. I'm not selling them because I've got it on commission. And if I don't sell it, I've got to give it back to the artist. If it's on my walls, I like it. And you're so if happy. I like it, I don't care if I sell it to you or not because if if I don't sell it to you today, I'll sell it to somebody else next year. Yeah, and in the meantime, you're enjoying it. On in your the meantime, wall. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. So you're paying for my. You are paying for my pleasure, if you like. By not buying it, absolutely. So you know, I have a wonderful. It's it's it is a wonderful world. And I was talking to another gallery this morning, and um, I said, I said, oh, okay, I'll send an email to your colleague. What's her email? I'll look it up. And I thought that's odd. Anyway, and she said it's the first. It's her first day ever working. She's just left the university, and it's the first day ever working in the art trade. So I welcomed her to the art world, and I said, you know, mm. it's not normal. It's a very strange world, but it is a fun world to be in. And you meet all sorts of people, and you can have great fun. And she thought I was talking to her like her granddad did. But you know, <laughs> passing on wisdom. That's that's always good. So well, one of the things that all art galleries do is they support young people. They support young artists. Yeah. Um, they give. You know, they they. Sh- it's nice to share that. I've been doing this for forty plus years. It's, it's nice to share the experience. Absolutely. I used to have my own parking place at the Victorian Albert Museum. Um, you know. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, you know, we, 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 things like that. But you know, you pass it on. If you have a good mentor, it's yeah. your duty to pass it on. And a friend of mine was professor of art at the Royal College of Art. So you don't get to the Royal College until you've got your art degree already. Right? Yeah. So he was professor of painting at the Royal College of Art. And if you said to him, "What are you doing?" he would say, my job as teacher isn't to teach my students how to paint. My job as tutor is to teach my students how to paint what they want to paint. Yeah, because there's an artist So when you look at David Hockney or Kitai or Peter Blake or um, David Bowie, you don't see his handiwork in their paintings. Because he didn't say to them, you're doing it wrong, do it my way. Yeah. He would say, if you have a problem... Here's my trick of the trade, and you're welcome to use it if you want to. But I'm not marking you down if you don't use it. Yeah, I suppose that's... He was confident enough in himself not to force his views on his students. As I say, his students included Peter Blake and and David Hockney and and Kitai and people like that. And that's what the art world should is, is about to a great extent. It's... I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing, and if you want some of if you want some of that 40, 50 years experience, you're welcome to it. Yeah, you can find it at Brand the Galleries. And it's 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 Carol. This, this man was called Carol Waite, and he personified the idea of passing it forward. Yeah. Yeah. Pay pay it forward, not pay it back. Absolutely. Embrace the um, Give it to the future generations. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's you know so that's that. So what else can I tell you about? I was going to ask you, Brandler Galleries is uh, is home to some original artworks, uh, including the infamous Banksy we've already mentioned. Uh, nobody knows the real identity of Banksy. First question. Robin Gunningham. Sorry? Robin Gunningham. Oh, do people know that, do they? Well, <laughs> I, some people do. Oh, there there we <laughs> more, are. More of them do now than did ten minutes ago, yes. The big reveal. Who's that? Robin Gunningham. Robin Gunningham. 
I was going to ask if it was you, and now now we know. Now it's, well, it's not. No, it's not me. <laughs> You've debunked one of life's greatest mysteries. He's about twenty. He's about fifteen years younger than me. All oh, right. <laughs> he, he turned fifty last year. Did he? Oh, so he's he's ready to pass the the spray can on. Uh, I don't think so. I I think that he's very firmly in control of what he's doing, and generally speaking, he gets it right. Um, there's one of his paintings going to come up for sale later in October. I was going to say this month, but in October. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's called Show Me the Money. And it's a Monet that Banksy has altered. Oh, wow. And the estimate is five million. And the talk in the trade is it'll be between eight and ten million and maybe more. Oof. So you're getting two eyes for the price of one on that one. You get two for the price of one. And it's, you know, he's, he has... He has become the Picasso of the 21st century. Yeah, yeah. He's the international artist that everybody wants. And um, some of his posters that were done for the Bristol show in 2009, an ordinary mass-produced poster is now £10,000. Wow. <laughs> it's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. But people want them, so that's what, that's what drives the market. Now, for you, you sound like someone who looks to the future all the time and looks for a, a piece of art that means something to you and will be worth more in the future. What would you say to someone who's buying a Banksy that's worth £10,000 in a poster form that everyone else has? Is that Be very careful. Yeah, because you, I mean, you, you look forward, surely. Every bubble bursts. Yeah. And, um, you know, Banksy is an international currency now, but the... But there was a Banksy is more expensive than Gainsborough or Constable, and I don't think that's right. So sitting next to my desk, yeah, in the gallery, I have a little watercolour of Windsor Castle, and it's by John Constable. Okay, yeah, and it is worth less than some of Banksy's unsigned prints. Wow, blimey! One sold two weeks ago for two hundred and fourteen thousand pounds. And the addition is 500. Now, that, to me, is wrong. Mm, yeah. When a constable, a John Constable, finished watercolour of Windsor Castle is less than a quarter of that. It's not an addition. It's totally unique. It's hand-painted. It's handcrafted. The master sat there and painted it. And it's worth a quarter of an unsigned print by Banksy. Baffling, isn't it? Now, okay, I'm comparing oranges and apples. I get that. <laughs> and Constable is old-fashioned and is what your great-great-grandparents bought, let alone your grandparents. But that, I think, is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's anything sort of on vogue and on fashion at a time, and yeah. it will just potentially go... go does, does art ever go down in value over that time? Something. Of course. I mean, yeah. there was a time when, when the Royal Academy was created... It was the, the president of the, and the, the founder and creator of the Royal Academy was a man called Sir Joshua Reynolds. And if you wanted a, a, a formal portrait and you had money, you went to Sir Joshua Reynolds. And if you didn't and you wanted a daub, you went to a man called Gainsborough, who was a very second-rate artist, but it, according to the, the, the views of the day. Yeah. And now a Gainsborough is worth four or five times Sir Joshua Reynolds. Wow, yeah. Fashions change. And I, I was offered a Gainsborough oil portrait recently in New York 
for ten to fifteen thousand dollars, which is the same as a Banksy poster. <laughs> yeah, and that was all so, covered you know, again. The trouble is that if I'd stuck with purely what I think is good art, I'd have been bankrupt ten years ago. Okay, because so it's not, people want Banksy. So not, what I'm trying to do is is, is steer a, a, a line between what is purely fashionable Banksy and what is good art that's being created today. So there's some artists called Connor Brothers that I think are brilliant. Yeah. And they will take a, a 1950s pulp fiction book with a sexy girl with a slit up the side, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And they'll put some new wording on it. So, for instance, the one that I want on my tombstone is, again, <laughs> sexy lady standing there, which I don't think they'll put on a tombstone. Because <laughs> I can say, like it. I'm but agreeing so far. the wording yeah. is, <laughs> I don't want to go to heaven, none of my friends will be there. Nice. Well, yeah. Who wants to go to heaven full of boring old farts who want to discuss <laughs> how many angels you can get on a pinhead? Much more fun anywhere else. Anywhere else. <laughs> right? Yeah. Things like that. I mean, there's a lovely one they did of, a, again, a nice young lady in a long red dress. Um, and it's... Um, I sometimes think when God created man in his own image, he overestimated his abilities. <laughs> you know? Things like that. They make you smile. They make you think, laugh. Yeah. And they do it. And the, the quality, the, what I like is the quality of the product is good. Mm. So when you look at it, even if you can't read English, you can see that the product is actually good. That's why I like them. So things like that. So it's, I'm having great fun doing it. And I'm having great fun. Fortunately, I'm right more often than I'm wrong. That's it. Is, is, is there must be an element of luck. I mean, nobody's infallible. I bought 1,500 chairs from the Royal Albert Hall, as you do. Wow. And <laughs> it took me 12 years to break even, and the storage problems were a nightmare. Yeah, where do you keep them for all that? That's a lot of chairs. It was a lot of chairs at that time. <laughs> so, you know, we all make mistakes in life. That's fair enough. It's how you deal with them and, and moving on and learning from them. Yeah. Amazing. So what's, uh, what's any, any further news at the Brandler Galleries? What's happening? What's coming up? Well, we're, I mean, I'm basically, we're, I'm opening occasionally by appointment. Okay. But Good. if people have to tell me what they want to look at, I'll get them out. They can, I'll, everything will be cleaned. They can see it. They can go away again. And then I clean the gallery and I close it down again. That's it. Yeah. Um, um, being mature, um, I mean, well, I've been in lockdown for about six months already, and I'll be in lockdown for another six months. I, I'm not going to risk yeah. my health mm. for the sake of a deal. Uh, I'm not going to risk my client's health either, for that matter. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, you know, nobody knows who's carrying this. Nobody knows who's infecting who. Nobody knows how it's traveling around. There's no point in being silly. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have basically written off 2020, and they're going to sort of start their lives again in 2021 or mid-2021. Yeah. Um, on pause. You know, it's, yeah, exactly, everything's on pause. So, if, as I say, we're, I'm going into the gallery maybe one or two mornings a week to wrap things up, post things out, ship things out, um, and doing the rest on the internet. And people can find you, just a reminder, what's the website? Brandler-galleries.com And they can see all well, your just stuff Just type in the word Brandler, B-R-A-N-D-L-E-R, and I'm there for you. There you are, Bob's your uncle, there he is. Is he? <laughs> He's not. He, well, he might be. I, he I, might be. I must mention before we, before we leave you that uh, I had the pleasure of talking to Greta Brandler on this show. I believe it's your mum. Is that right? Yes. 
um, uh, bearing in mind we're on public radio, um, yes. There's a, there's a well, <laughs> she's 104, I saw her last week, I saw her on Saturday. Amazing, and she, incredible and she's woman. sharper than an awful lot of people, but the, um, you know that expression, only the good die young? Yeah, wrong. Yeah, well, she's the living proof. <laughs> and, and I say it to her face, but I don't stand very close to her when I say it to her face. Um, <laughs> no, she's fine, she's down in the beaches. And I must say, the beaches have done an amazing job. They're looking after all their residents incredibly well. That's good to hear. That is very good to hear. You know, they are doing a good job. And there are so many people in various walks of life who are looking after us all. You know, I agree. The nurses have have, have done an amazing job, and they're putting their lives at risk every day dealing with people. Mm. But, you know... The dustman, well, that's another conversation, but the dustman, you know, the police, the ambulance, there are so many, the firemen, there are so many of these people, even the post office, yeah. are doing so many. Keeping it all going, aren't they? Really essential work, and they're not getting thanked, they're not getting credited, they're not being appreciated, if you like. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I think it's down to us to say thank you to them. You know, just when you see one in the street, just stop and say, I appreciate what you're doing, thank you very much. And they'll smile, and they will feel better for the rest of the day. It's like when you stop and you let a T junction and you let somebody out of a turning. Yeah, they're surprised they and better. pleased. You feel good for doing it, and they feel good that they're not being taken for granted. But there are so many professions where I think the nurses became the the symbol. Yeah, of what's going on, but they're not. They're not alone. You're G, the GP. I mean, I'm going for a flu jab in a couple of weeks' time. And, um, you know, the GPs are putting themselves at risk dealing yeah, with us. Absolutely. The, the receptionist at the GPs, now let's be honest, we've all made jokes about receptionists at GPs and vets. Uh, oh, I know. used to be one. It's a tough old job. That and one. I'm still talking to you. Right. It's the call I've ever had. <laughs> um, but, you know, but these people are putting their lives at risk every single day to help us. Yeah. yeah. And they're not getting thanked. Absolutely. I think we're all, they're all doing a, a great job keeping the world turning while we're... We're well, and they're keep, not only are they keeping turning, but they're keeping us safe. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But you must pass on my best wishes to your mum. Uh, she's an incredible woman. I will indeed. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll tell her I'm chatting to you. <laughs> absolutely. All right, John, brand the galleries. Let's have a chat, another chat in about a month's time. Let's do that. Thank you for joining us. Good to talk to you. Bye. Bye. This is Phoenix 98 FM. Hi, this is Stuart Pig. Thanks for listening to my podcast. This is just one episode. The podcast now features literally hundreds of guest interviews with fascinating people from every walk of life, ranging from the future stars of music, comedy icons, film stars, to community heroes, legends of rock, school kids, and 104-year-old chicken farmers. It's all going on, and you can hear it all at phoenixfm.com. Or, if you subscribe to this podcast, just search for Now Your talking wherever you get your podcasts from phoenix 98 fm go to phoenixfm.com and listen to online guest interviews check the events for your area and listen to great radio online